This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Get behind this because, you know, as I was talking about, the exposure for businesses to understand how spectacular Kansas City is, to keep our super talented kids coming back to Kansas City to work after they've finished college, to get um, – the talented workforce that we need to continue to maintain Kansas City as a tech hub and a, a home of entrepreneurial businesses to get those people to want to come to Kansas City. Here's the chance for them to see that we are a world class city. We're not just a little, um, we're not just a cow town, mm-hmm. right? It's it's that one chance for the world, for the nation, to get an understanding of what we are and how magnificent we are. And so, the benefits are. Available to everyone. So, yeah, if you don't like soccer, if you don't like sports, and I think everyone here loves our city. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's that civic pride and that civic effort that will be needed to bring people together to get us the World Cup. You know, you mentioned growing up in the San Francisco Bay Area. I grew up in New Jersey. But, you know, you, you sit here in Kansas City and you see – the love of the city that people have that is, is is really unique and different. And both you and I have been to events in other cities and both have the same impression. Nobody really hosts an event like Kansas City does. Like this city really has a way of getting behind events and getting everybody involved in big time events here. Unlike, you know, places like New York or Dallas or Boston or other places in between that I've been to for major events. You always look back and you go, nah, nobody did it as well as Kansas City. And when you're in Kansas City for an event, you know that event's going on. You know, that's such a good point. And, you know, we're so humble here that we don't realize how special we are. You know, I tell a lot of people, I've, I've been to 20 World Cup host cities on five different continents. And yes, absolutely. A lot of those cities, you don't even know the World Cup is going on. But, you know, putting Kansas City up against those other cities, we're, we're the perfect combination of we are big enough and we have all the amenities. We have, well, the hotels and we'll have a brand new airport and we have absolutely the finest soccer facilities, um, maybe in the nation, uh, certainly in the nation, maybe in the world. So we're big enough to put on a World Cup, but we're small enough that it'll capture the imagination of our city um, like nothing else. I probably was most proud to be a Kansas Citian during the, the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. Mm-hmm. So much fun. It was almost a coming out party for our city. The national spotlight was on us. The city was decorated. People were excited and proud. And there was, there were events all over the city. And, you know, and then that quickly followed with World Series and the World Series parade with that massive explosion of civic pride. Well, and then the AFC championship game. We've had a lot of events lately to to feel really good and, and show the world our passion. But Take all of those, combine them, and then multiply them by 10. That's that's kind of what the proposition is for the World Cup. I, th- I think the 2012 All-Star Game, the, the description that you use, a coming out party for our city, I, I really think that, that that's exactly when we kind of 
grew up as a city, if you yeah. will, and put on our big boy pants and went, wow, we, we, we got civic pride started about in 2012 because, you know, for a while, people were like, oh, we just can't do that. We can't do that. We kind of had that self-doubt. Then the 2012 All-Star Game happened, and then the Royals started winning immediately right, after right. that, and they really increased our civic pride and really showed everybody what we were all about. And, and I still believe that without that All-Star Game, but more importantly, without that Royals run, we probably don't have the civic pride today that we do. I, I think the Royals delivered that civic pride and we just took off and ran with it and didn't continue to make every event a big event because hey we started to believe in ourselves again and you don't see that in a lot of cities that's so true it's so important you know when you look at even even before the 2012 all-star game if you look at the renaissance that happened downtown and the billions of dollars that was spent to to make our downtown a a place that people want to go again mm-hmm. i think that even that sort of laid the foundation for us to feel good about our city as, as you know, downtown is – it's the heart of the, of the region. And then, yes, as you say, all those, all those events, each built upon the next with great civic pride. You know, I, you know I'm going to guess that if, uh, if fate was a little bit different and the Chiefs had won the Super Bowl and that parade would have been held in absolutely sub-zero temperature mm-hmm. – there would have been another 800,000 people there. Probably. I think so. Maybe even yeah. more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe even we, more at that point. We do point believe though. in ourselves now. Right. And, and we realize it's not, it's not uh, conceitful. It's not a bad thing. We just we feel good about ourselves mm-hmm. we, as, a, as a city, as a region. That's a good thing. We should. There's, yeah. It's a fantastic city with so much going on. No doubt. All right, you've been, you said, to, to many World Cup cities around the country. You've also had involvement with the Olympics. You've been involved with the 94 World Cup, the 99 World Cup. Where are we right now as a city, comparatively speaking, to those other cities as they were getting ready to bid for big events like the Olympics and the World Cup? Are we ahead of schedule? Or are we behind schedule? Where, where do you kind of put us right now if we had to like make the decision today, are we ready to go type of thing? You know, I think we're ahead of schedule because everything we've done for the last decade to improve our city wasn't done to bid for the World Cup. It was done for the right reasons to grow our city, but each one of those things was necessary to put us in a position where we don't have to build a darn thing to host the World Cup. We could host the World Cup next summer here. Mm -hmm. Um, Literally, we need to widen the field at Arrowhead, and we already have a spectacular plan that's easily done. Um, and we'll, you know, actually go into working drawings on it if we are if we're selected. So everything we've done puts us in a, a place that we're ahead of so many other cities. We don't have to build a single training site, a single soccer field, a single hotel. Mm-hmm. We are in perfect position. How much money do we need to raise as a city to make this thing happen? Like, I, I assume there's a fundraising aspect of this to get everything done that still needs to be done. So where are we from a money standpoint? Uh, really good question. And the answer is there are two phases of fundraising. The first one um, is now until the decision by FIFA on the final 10 host cities. And we think we need to raise between 2 and $3 million to actually execute our vision and, and run the bid. Then, you know, fast forward to 2021 when we're – 2020 when we're selected. Then it's probably very similar to what the city would have had to raise um, when we were bidding for the the RNC Mm -hmm. convention back in 2016. 
Uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 25 to 30 million is probably about the right number. And what does that all go towards? Like the, the one to two million that you got to raise now to get the bid off the ground, then the 25 or 30 million. Like wh- what does that money go towards? So, well, so the big, let's tackle the big chunk first. We, we do have to um, renovate Arrowhead. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have to widen the field at Arrowhead. Um, our transportation plan is different than most other cities. We don't have a method of mass transit to the stadium, to our to the Truman Sports Complex. Um, FIFA thought that was we, – we were scored down for that because they grade us on a very Eurocentric perspective where every city has a main train station in the right. city of in town and then a trolley out to the stadium and, and things like that. It's okay that we're different. It's not a bad thing. Um, but we've, what we've proposed is just a series of satellite park and ride locations with uh, with free shuttles from those locations to Arrowhead on game day because FIFA requires, you know, all credentialed media and staff and uh, spectators to be uh, to have free transport on game day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's not unlike what this. Why city- can't people just drive and park at the stadium? Though? Well, there there will be. Um, we think there'll be. A, Half the number of parking spaces, uh, half the capacity will be taken up by uh, broadcast compounds and hospitality and operations. There's just a massive footprint of back of house needs mm-hmm. that will take up, like I say, somewhere between uh, you know forty to fifty percent of the parking. And wow. so half that parking will still be available. So there's you know there half the capacity will need to, will need to bus in. But. Right. But I was saying it's uh, it's not unlike what the city just did this past weekend for the air show, where we had a couple of satellite locations and, mm-hmm. and bust people in. We must have probably bust ten thousand people, and it and it worked very well without uh, you know, without the massive runway or lead up to planning that you would have for a World Cup. So, um, you know, one of our strategies to address our transportation um, issue is we're planning it now. So we're we're acting as if we are already chosen, and we're taking the plan two years beyond what a city um, would typically expect to have, just mm-hmm. so we can show FIFA. We know what we're doing. It's not an issue at all. Um, in fact, it's quite easy. And, you know, here's the number of buses. Here's where the buses are coming from. Here's where the bus drivers are coming from, where they're going to stay. Just every little detail as if we were actually putting on the World Cup next summer, we're planning now. So th- things like that, those, those 200 to 300 additional buses that we will need – um, a, a huge portion of it goes to um, the FIFA Fan Fest. It's each host city's responsibility to put on a free public viewing party, if you will. It's a massive screen and stage that will host tens of thousands of people, and it will show every single game of the tournament. So if you if you think of the watch parties we just finished hosting at Power and Light, and we maxed out at about ten thousand people for the for the final on Sunday, well. The watch party is that – put that on the North Lawn of Liberty Memorial where you can fit twenty to 30,000 people. Um, this, so the city has to put that on. So that's mm-hmm. that's a bit expensive. Is that where that's going to be? That, the, the, that's, that's the proposed location. It, I mean it's perfect on the streetcar sure. line and it's sort of at the – you know, the the, the uh, psychological center of the city and, mm-hmm. and uh, Union Station will be one of those satellite transport hubs. So it's um, – and it's got the most spectacular backdrop. Yeah, when you think of it, it's already you know slopes down like an amphitheater. It will be it will be uh, iconic, like probably no other city in our country can match. Yeah, no doubt about it. And All then, right. tra- you know, then security. Right? Yeah. there's a lot of security on an inter- international event like that. 
Where, where you get the buses from? Like you call Omaha and Des Moines and say ship your buses down here. Yes, the, yeah, yes. Yeah. I mean, fortunately, it's during the summer, so yeah. there will be there are. Um, are we talking school buses? School buses. Well, as many charters as you can as you can find. It, it won't be ATA buses, right? They will still be running their lines, right? And they will any excess that they have uh, conceivably will be used to increase the service mm-hmm. on those lines to move people to the satellite locations. But yeah. Uh, you can imagine uh, the four or five states around us won't have any school buses in their area because they'll all be in Kansas City for uh, June and July of twenty twenty six. Yeah. So, so what are what are the transportation sites like Johnson County Community College? You know, where, where would we we have these transportation sites where people could get on the buses and go to the game? Um, we're still finalizing, but yes, uh, you know, let's say the Independence Arena, Johnson County Community College, the Kansas Speedway, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the airport. Um, Someplace downtown, whether it's um, right adjacent to Union Station or someplace. Basically, you just need uh, a couple hundred acres that yeah. you can park thousands of cars. Or, yeah. you know, I, I exaggerate. Sure. But you, you need a big area. It could, you know, it, it could conceivably be at uh, at Swope Park where uh, we park when we go to a Starlight Theater. There's a huge grass area. Mm-hmm. So yeah, locations like that that uh, can accommodate. Not only the cars, but the queuing, right? The lining up and mm-hmm. the, just the the staging of all those buses. So we're already, you know, we're already thinking about that level of of granular detail. And besides the transportation issue, what what have been some of the biggest questions surrounding the Kansas City bid? When FIFA looks at you and they go, "Well, we don't like this or we don't like that," so what are these big questions that you're getting from folks? You know that in the in the bid, um, our lowest score was transportation. Uh, that's why we're spending so much time really making sure the plan is, is exceptional. Um, we had enough hotel rooms, but we were on the low side. I think five hotels have already been announced since the bid information was submitted. Was that including the new Lowe's hotel that's being I think opened? it had the Lowe's in it, uh, but, you know, it was just – it was a pretty picture then. Yeah. And um, we're really looking forward to be uh, to that day when FIFA comes to visit the city for their inspection tour because the, the story we can tell – the, the the compelling stories we can point to these things that were just pretty pictures in our bid and they'll be done or under construction you know in you know the lows mm-hmm. and um the airport are two great examples and you know anytime you drive around main street downtown you're seeing a bunch of construction cranes and so you see, you see a city on the move yeah and uh, there'll probably be several more hotels that'll pop up between now and then so what we're we had we had the, the, the uh, an acceptable number but all we're doing right now is in um making that uh, number better. Mm-hmm. So so we got the Lowe's Hotel, which is key for everything, whether it be the draft, whether it be just, just we needed it, right? Everybody knows that. Obviously, the airport uh, opening is, is huge. How much of a factor was that airport? Would we be here today if we, we, we didn't have that new airport coming? We would not be here. Well, we'd be here, but we'd have very little chance. That airport was, um, that really had us on, the vote had us on pins and needles at the bid because we knew that if we didn't get the new, terminal that there was no way we could beat out all these other cities that have newer better functional functional airports yes right <laughs> right we loved it but um it wasn't it wasn't suitable for the, the modern age and right. so that we have it was crucial for the bid and now we don't even worry about it right it's the demolition's already going i i love watching the webcam mm-hmm. i can't wait to the day steel starts coming out of the out of the ground and, um, you know, that, that's kind of the, that's the neat thing of what's happening in Kansas City. I mentioned it before. We're, 
we're making all these big plans and we're building things and we're growing for all the right reasons because we needed them. But by doing so, we put us in a position to be perfectly situated to host a draft, to host a World Cup, to host a political convention. And things that we don't even know that will come in the next in the coming years. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when we first started the bid, Amazon had just put out their RFP for uh, HQ2, and and at that same time, we were each trying to sell the city, and um, we had this common theme: we're 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 building these things, and six months before, we didn't even know that we were going to be bidding for either of these. So we have all these things now, and it will put us in a position for the next generation of being an ideal host for all kinds of events, whether it's massive corporate relocation, uh, sporting events, or conventions. It's, it's really a great story that we can tell. And, and um, the legacy to this city is we're not building unneeded facilities like so many countries around the world do for big sporting events. We're building what we need, and we're using it now. And, and oh, by the way, we also will, could use it for, for the World Cup. How how much of those watch parties helped? You know the one. The, I mean, because you, you you watched the championship game the other day. You know, with the women's World Cup, and they kept going to Kansas City and showing Kansas City. How much does that help our Q rating and our bid process by seeing that on national inter, international television? It was on international. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had friends in France, two different groups of people who sent me photos of the television screen watching Kansas City on French TVs. How many other countries did it go to? Right, we don't know. Right. Yeah. Um, it helped immensely because it showed it showed a new Kansas City. You know, you had you had little boys and you had little girls and you had men rooting for women. It, all of a sudden, we were rooting for excellence. We weren't rooting. It, we've had great watch parties for the men's World Cup, but mm-hmm. now it wasn't just a bunch of women rooting for women. We all came together, all ages and races, rooting for our team for our country's national team. Mm -hmm. Great story. And, um, you know, when they're broadcasting, Fox wants to show shots from back home to show that it matters, that there's excitement happening. And we, we put a lot of time and effort into planning it with a lot of partners. Mm -hmm. And, um, that worked out. We told Fox, you know, we're going to have massive parties. You should get a, a camera here. And, and they tried us out in the beginning and, and saw that it was building, um, each watch party seemed to double in attendance, and we did it for every single game. So we did seven of them, and I think uh, Fox featured us on three different times, and I lost track of how many times we were on the final. Mm-hmm. And um, that in itself was great, the exposure. The whole country and parts of the world could see that we were passionately supporting soccer. But combine it with the overall ratings. Kansas City was the third highest-ranked yeah. city in viewership for the entire tournament. I think Austin... Texas, number San one, Diego. San Diego, number two, and then Kansas City. You know, and people are joking, look, we had 10,000 people at the Power and Light, and they didn't get counted in that rating. Right. But that we hit both of those, that we were consuming it at home and we were going out and celebrating it, it gives us some compelling um, ammunition in our holster, if you will, as we tell the story that we are a, we're passionate about our soccer here. And that, that's really important. FIFA wants to know they're giving their gift, right? Their, their baby they're going to give to 10 cities, and they want to know that it's in good hands. And they want to know that there is, there is fantastic public support, there is vocal government support, and there's, there's, there's vocal business s- support. So to go, you know, 
we're we're attacking all three of those different groups on a daily basis, getting the word out and getting people engaged so that uh, at the end of the day, you know, a year from now, every single person in the Kansas City Metro will know about that we're bidding for the World Cup, what the benefits are, and what they can do to help. And and I think, too, when you, when you see where we are, television rating-wise for the World Cup, with the watch parties that we had, you can't help but look and go, all right, what's Cincinnati doing, what's Nashville doing, what's Denver doing, and see how we compare to probably the three biggest cities that, that's our competition for this, right? I won't uh, deny that I've kept my eye out on what they were doing. Yeah, and? and? Um, very few cities even had watch parties, and a lot of cities are still just getting their bid ramped up. It was important to us as one of the smaller cities bidding, one of the smaller metropolitan areas, that we staked out a leadership position from day one and hold that position. We're going to run from the front on this campaign. And this was sort of – this was the bids coming out party that, hey, we're serious here. We're going to, we're going to give everything we can as a metropolitan area to show FIFA and U.S. soccer that this – Kansas City should be the first of the ten cities selected. And then you can go fill in your cities on the coast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like in the soccer capital of America, I think the moniker that we've kind of adopted here, has that gone over internationally, nationally? Do people recognize that as much as we do here? Oh, I think people uh, in every other city dislike it. Yeah, that's um, fine. You know, it, it's fun to talk about. There are there are a handful of reasons why we are. We've, because we've done some great things here. You know, we've built over $400 million worth of soccer-specific facilities at the youth level and uh, at the professional level here. So that's an incredible investment by uh, KCK and KC Mo and Overland Park, mm-hmm. um, Olathe, public and private dollars. So that no other city can do that can say that. Our participation numbers, our um, the growth of the professional game and the fan base and the culture of soccer here since uh, uh, since the Wizards were rebranded as Sporting and moved into our new stadium. Just the 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 innovation that that stadium brought to soccer specific stadiums it you know was it's still considered one of the showpieces of major league soccer stadiums and every city that is thinking about an expansion team mm-hmm. is told to come to Kansas City and see what they did and see how they did it and why they did it so we're, we're actually we lead in a lot of different ways soccer capital america is a fun way to talk about ourselves uh, um we know there's no official designation, right. but we love the game, and we've actually, as a region, we've contributed an immense amount, probably more than any other area, to the growth of the game in the last decade. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, the game has exploded here, and I know I have two daughters, and they play, and, and, and you see it every Saturday when you're driving around, going from game to game and field to field. It's just it, it's enormous. It's people as far as the eye can see, and people that genuinely love the game. They're not just doing it because it's something to do for the kids. It's people like really getting involved and really building on the sport. And you mentioned Sporting KC, not just the stadium, but the training facilities and everything that's in place right now. It's like all of a sudden we looked at soccer and went, let's adopt this as ours and do everything that we possibly can to make it the greatest thing in our city. Uh, back in 2007, when uh, On Goal had just bought the team from bought the Wizards from Lamar Hunt, and that was um, I joined the team then, mm-hmm. and in January of that year, and there was this small group of people who believed. I guess we were too naive to think it couldn't get done, but we said we're going to just go out and build the best soccer team and the best soccer culture and the best, and it's going to start with with facilities. We just went out and did it, and. Um, because we believed in it, and I, like I said, we probably didn't realize that we were 
punching above our weight class. We just thought we we know what we're doing and we we think we know what we're doing and mm-hmm. we did it. And the results uh, are beyond anything we could have ever imagined. The the diversity of ages that support sporting so passionately. We thought that you know we thought the millennials would be a fantastic target market. They had grown up playing the game. Boys and girls had all played it. MLS had been around basically their entire life. So that was a, that was a, an easy connection to the sport. But um, the older generations who had no reason to have an affinity for soccer, they liked the experience, and they're huge fans now. So the culture here is uh, greater than we could have ever imagined a, a decade ago when we were trying to make it happen. What's the biggest thing you have to fight against about Kansas City? I really think it's the fact that uh, people perceive us as too small, that we um, – they don't know us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just – they think they probably think we're too small and don't know for sure whether we can do it. And so that's why we are staking out these leadership positions in – Promoting our effort to get people to see we any we could have we could have there was no reason why we should have been the best watch party except we said we were going to be and and we executed on it so we're always thinking here about how can we grow the game from exposure to participation to inclusiveness and um, we've got some really exciting plans about how we're going to include more kids and increase the youth population. Uh, the youth participation rate in the inner cities, in the, in the disadvantaged neighborhoods. And I think it's going to be a really compelling, uh, compelling story to tell U.S. soccer about how we are engaging communities that have been left behind in the growth of the sport. So you know, we're always thinking about how we can grow the game here. And uh, I, I think that just the biggest, the biggest challenge is getting people to understand – how, what all we have planned and what all we actually can do here because we're small. You don't ever question New York or Los Angeles or Dallas's ability to do anything. You just assume it. But uh, you know, some of our smaller cities, you have to actually make the case and, and lay it out. But sometimes can. smaller is better because you get, the, the, you, you get people to buy in. You get yeah. everybody supporting it. And we may only have 2 million people, but 2 million people are going to support this thing. New York may have 18 million people. You may not get a, a million people to support it or even know that it's going on. So when people say we're small, I say, yeah, small but mighty also, too. You're, you're, you're fighting a battle, if you will, with other cities, and we've got everybody on board you're getting one eighteenth of your population on board, you know. It's a great story to tell, and it it really is, in my experience, unique to Kansas City. This civic pride um, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter really at the end of the day about the state line. You love this area, and you feel passionately about it, and um, it, it manifests itself also in our local government's ability to cooperate. You know, we talked earlier before we were on the air about why some of the other major cities across the U.S. decided not to bid and, and the reasons being so often they were political squabbling that they just couldn't get on agreement on doing it. And we have got incredible cooperation between, you know, Johnson County, Jackson County, Wyandotte County, Casey Mo, KCK, sit at, at county and, and city level and um, amongst our different representatives and senators – 
It's just that great community effort that will be another one of those compelling stories that we will tell mm-hmm. to FIFA, that our business community actually sticks together. And um, it's, it's in many ways one big family. So it's going to be a lot easier to activate their excitement and their participation in the World Cup than some of these other bigger cities. That would be probably fighting against it, which is kind of unique for FIFA. It seems like they've always got battles to fight, and they can just come here and go, all right, here's the keys. Go do your thing. You know, It's, it's kind of like, I don't want to say on autopilot, but if, if I'm looking at a host city and I see Kansas City, I'm like, you, you guys kind of are on autopilot. You get it. You understand it, and everybody's behind it. We do get it, and, and that's really the bid's role in the next year is to make sure everyone gets it and is behind it and excited about it and, you know, as I say, is, is supportive of it, knowing that this is a great thing we could do for our area. And soccer is just, you know, as I say, it's the key that unlocks the wealth. Um, you don't have to like the key, but you sure can appreciate the wealth that it, uh, that it will bring to us. The number one thing that I got from our conversation with David Ficklin, the executive director of the Kansas City World Cup bid, was the fact that everybody in Kansas City can benefit. Even if you're not a soccer fan, this is a great event for our town. So go to kc2026.com and sign that petition to bring the World Cup right here to the soccer capital of America, Kansas City. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.